Yeah, yeah, yeah! Come and take a look at the snow. Bright white as far as your eyesight goes. Come and take a look at the fields of snow. I'll just get my coat, then we're good to go. Come and take a look at the lake. Let's have a quick skate before it gets late. Come and take a look at the frozen lake. Put your clothes on, mate. Don't make that mistake. Happy Christmas! Greetings, holiday shoppers. There are now only 252 shopping days left until Christmas, and I think you know what that means. That means it's time for another episode of Christmas Creeps, your one-stop shop for holiday madness all year round. Hi, my name is Joseph Wade. I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, here with me tonight are my co-hosts, Johnny Five, the human robot. Hello. And uh, Karen Five is back with us as well. Hey, Karen. Howdy. Uh, it's been a while, I guess, since you've been yeah. on. It's been a few weeks. But uh, we're happy to have you back, especially considering uh, Mr. Bradford could not be with us today for... Wh- wait, where did he say he was going? He ran he away with a, he ran he away with at, the circus. Yes, he is at the circus because he is a clown. Yeah, exactly. Yes. He is one of the clowns that, like, balances on the giant balls and... <laughs> Aren't those elephants? <laughs> I mean, I feel like clowns do... I mean, there are there are elephant clowns. But I feel like clowns do this as well. I feel so conflicted by the idea of elephant clowns, because I hate clowns, but I love elephants. I mean, congratulations, Asylum. I just wrote your It ripoff for you. (laughs) Uh, Pennywise is now an elephant. Oh, my God. And he rips children's arms off with his his powerful trunk. (laughs) Holy shit. You know what? I'm I'm entirely all about this idea now, and I think we need to just cancel the movie we were going to talk about so we can talk about this. So we can uh, have a brainstorming session and come up with this movie that we're about to write and pitch you to guys, some studios. You guys, it's been 28 years. The elephant's back. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that can kill it is a silver mouse. We have to discuss the elephant in the room. The literal <laughs> elephant. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I mean, the elephant in the room regarding it is that awful sex scene. And then if you just add an elephant to the mix, I mean, we're in oh, we're in hot take city right here. <laughs> I mean, just think of what you can do with that fucking trunk. Oh, good lord. Oh, I don't <laughs> want to. I really don't want to. <laughs> Too late. God. No, the point is, yes, uh, when we asked Bradford if he wanted to join us, he said that he was going to the circus, which I feel like might be the, the best excuse I've ever heard for anything. He's being a fancy circus boy this week. He's being a fancy circus boy, which I think works out in Brad's favor, because the movie we're discussing tonight um, is not um, Elephant It, but in, but rather... <laughs> I'm sorry, Elephant It, guys. <laughs> Elephantitis. Elephantitis. <laughs> Elephant it is. Yeah. <laughs> the movie we're, we're, we're discussing. We're discussing Gus Van Sant's Elephant. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wouldn't it have been great if, if Elephant was about an elephant that went on a school shooting rampage? Holy shit. It's topical. <laughs> Ugh. I mean, once once you know the Ringling Brothers disbanded the circus, the elephants had to do something. Oh my god, they were out of work. They were disgruntled. About, about a zoo shooting alternate title. We shot a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's a double joke since it's a movie. They also shot a zoo. Yeah, 
It's the, it's the making of the, fe- the hit feature film, A Zoo. <laughs> we shot a zoo. Oh, my God. Wow, you guys. Okay, so uh, <laughs> we've run far afield. We're running as fast as we possibly can from the actual topic of this film tonight. Yeah, this movie is hot fucking garbage. That's what it was. I know, but... Um, <clears throat> we have to get back on track here. The movie we're discussing tonight is, to? well, we do have to, because that's the show. Um, oh. it's a, a Netflix original from 2017 called Christmas Inheritance, which was not the original plan for this week's episode, but circumstances being what they were and the, e- in, and the internet being as garbage as it is. We kind of had to improvise because yeah, uh, we uh, we had some technical difficulties. Yeah, we were gonna we had a, a great episode planned for 4:20 this week. We were gonna watch the Harold and Kumar Christmas movie, and that didn't happen because the internet's bullshit. And I was gonna be on the episode because I'm the biggest weed lord of the podcast. That's true. But I instead, mean, I'm on it anyway. So instead, we're bringing you a movie about rich people and their money for tax day. So you're just going to have to live with it. Perfect. Uh, Happy tax day. I hope everybody got their taxes filed yesterday. I love how you made lemonade out of of these lemons. It's Yeah, it's the most sour lemonade on the planet because I hate this so much. (laughs) I do too. Everything hurts and I'm dying to to borrow a line from Parks and Rec. Uh, Um, Yeah, pretty much. This movie is my fault because I was looking on Netflix and I saw, I just typed in Christmas and saw this Hallmark movie channel bullshit-ass-looking thing, except with a Netflix Originals logo on it. Well, it's also <laughs> partially my fault, because I was like, hey, let's just watch a stupid fucking Hallmark original movie, like, Hallmark Christmas movie. And just for everybody else's edification, we were very close to watching L.A. Confidential for this episode. Yeah, what happened with that? Um, John I... found Christmas Inheritance. That's God, what happened. God damn it, John. So, whichever one of you out there actually recommended LA Confidential, I'm sorry. I'm not. But in- instead, uh, hey, Christmas Inheritance. Let's talk about that for a minute. Uh, if you insist. So, okay, for, for real though, <laughs> you know, John already mentioned it. It looks like, you know, this Hallmark Channel original bullshit. When in fact, it was, it is a Netflix original. And so we, we did a little bit of digging and we discovered this was produced by, uh, what's the name of the production company? Uh, it's, uh, Vin- it's like, it's like Vincent Adult Man's real-time big, like co- big adult company. Most of Motion Picture. Yeah, Motion Picture Corporation of America, the most, like, generic fucking, like, I'm mon- laundering money name imaginable. Yeah, it's like, it's right up there with Entertainment Studios, which I did not make up. That's a real studio. Oh my god. But yeah, we looked it up, and they've produced a number of Netflix original movies. So we we kind of have to deduce from that that that's the company that made the movie and they just sold it to the highest bidder and in this case Netflix outbid Hallmark for it for some unknown reason. I will say like in Netflix's defense there's a definite like market for these kind of shitty movies like in fact I actually have friends who are like super into watching like shitty Hallmark original movies. So like 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 um... like they understand that they're bad, but they still love to watch them. So right. th- I know that there is a like a, a market for this. I guess the question, my next question is, do they watch them earnestly or do they watch them kind of ironically? Like we watch this, like we watch um, pretty much everything else ironically. Both, actually. Like they, oh, they, wow. they actually like enjoy them, but even though they know they're really bad. You know what I mean? 
Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Everybody gets to. Everybody deserves to, you know, enjoy a bad movie. So, I, I, guess, <laughs> it's, I guess it's good that these movies exist. But, yeah. Um, this is a Hallmark movie in spirit, not necessarily by definition. Yeah. Um, right. It's the, you, you. We haven't really talked about these too much because, oh yeah, we know. There, I think there is a, a Hallmark movie podcast out there, so we try not to step on their toes. And, we, you know, if we started going down the Hallmark uh, rabbit hole, we would never come out again. Oh, God, no. There's so many. But, you know, Netflix is getting in the game, so, you know, why not? Why not discuss like, a little bit of it? So, sure. <laughs> so Christmas Inheritance. I'm just which... going to call also dibs slash right of first refusal on Christmas Prince. <laughs> You heard it here first, folks. Christmas Prince makes me sad because the um like the main girl in it, like the main character, is also the actress who plays the main character in Eye Zombie, which I enjoy. <laughs> Before we start talking about the movie itself, I need to talk to you for a minute about the director. Because when we were looking through sort of the who's who's and the who made this stuff... Uh, the director stood out to me, not necessarily for any reason of his own. Uh, Ernie Barbaresh is his name. But going back through his credits, uh, this is the the director of the, of Christmas Inheritance is also the director of. Oh, I should I should mention because we, we wanted to know if this was made by like people who regularly make Hallmark movies. Right. And he, he has made one before before this called uh, A Royal Winter. Which is brand like a branded Hallmark movie, so he's like got those credentials. But going further back, he's directed up, he's go he's directed a bunch of like crime thrillers and action movies and stuff. And going even further back, we discovered um, he directed uh, Stir of Echoes two and Cube Zero, which is the third <laughs> Cube movie. And then going back further still, he's the writer and producer of American Psycho two. And in fact, a co-producer on the original American Psycho. So this oh, guy's got some like real fuck. legit like B movie like thriller credentials. And what I guess at some, I guess he had to pay the bills. Is my guess. Like God, Ernie got to eat. And, I guess so. Um. So I'm really not going to fault this guy for his work on this movie because you know it's a gig and anything to yeah. pay to keep the lights on and that's fine i'm going to bl- put more blame on the actors and the writers of this movie because this is some yeah I have, shit. A, I have a sincere question like i couldn't tell like okay this is a hallmark movie basically and hallmark movies are kind of known for not being that good right so were these guys were were they just incompetent in making this movie or were they intentionally being like, you know, we're going for a Hallmark feel, make it like 10% shittier? Right, like were they knowingly feeding the beast, basically? Yeah. I can't that's, tell. That's a good question, yeah. Um. So yeah, let's let's kind of break down what, this, what Christmas Inheritance is all about here. Let's go to the cast list. Literally the only person you've heard of is Andy McDowell. That's not true. The only other person you would have heard of is Jake Lacey, otherwise known as Jim Two from The Office. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I did recognize the the dude. Um, yeah, that's right. He he was Jim Two from The Office, but also he was uh, he was one of Lena Dunham's boyfriends on Girls for a little bit. Oh yeah. So I recognized him from that as well. He was also that the army guy from that movie Meet the Coopers, 
which no love the oh, coopers yeah, that yeah, we yeah, talked yeah. about way back when yes 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 that's right so he's got some christmas movie credentials good yeah. for him uh everybody else in this movie you i i fairly certainly yeah. have never heard of they're either any mcdowell you've never heard of them yet yep yeah 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 including uh i'll just go ahead and say the the lead actress who's basically like off-brand young reese witherspoon yeah, I I think looking looking at her 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 credits, it's she's like Australian Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Yeah. So the movie's about her, Australian Reese Witherspoon. Yes. And she is the heiress to a, it's it's like a, it's like a world market style hall. It's basically off brand Hallmark is is her yeah. dad's company. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much or like precious moments or it's like a, or some shit. It's called like Hearth Home Gifts, right? Yeah. yeah, Hearth and Home. This whole movie is Hearth. off-brand Hallmark, right down to like the name of the company. Oh my god, yes. But she's like the the rich the rich heiress to this company, and she makes a name for herself kind of right right at the beginning of the movie by doing like jackass stunts for charity at her yeah. company's like Christmas ball. She's doing like gymnastics shit, wearing a. Uh like a formal dress that I was like really upset by this first scene, the dress she was wearing. It was a really bad introduction to her because like her like boobs were just like fucking like shoved into it. Like it looks so uncomfortable. Yeah. And so she like, <clears throat> she, she talks a dude into like writing her like a check for a bunch for, we don't see the, the amount, but it's like a bunch of money. And she's like, you know, quadruple it. And I'll, I'll do a backflip over this table in front of this Christmas tree. And she she does this this backflip, and it's like a slow mo shot of her going, you know, he- literally head over heels backwards, and like her dress flies up, and you see her red underpants, and it's it's very like creepy. Yeah. At the exact same time, a character who we were previously introduced to, who's basically like the stuffy dowager from a Three Stooges short. Yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. like wow, I know type yeah. of character comes in and yells and like ruins the thing, and she ends up going like ass over tea kettle to a fucking Christmas tree. Yes. Yes. And apparently this is important enough to make, like, the headlines of, like... Well, it's like, uh, what is it, like, page six or whatever? Like, the, it, the fucking New York, yeah, like, it's like, socialite, it's like, yeah, it's like, gossip page? It's like page. New York gossip rag type thing, yeah. yeah. It's called the New York Interpreter. And the yeah. headline is, Party Heiress Crashes Christmas Ball, which is not entirely accurate, but sure, okay. Right. You gotta make a, you gotta make a deadline. I mean, you know, completely, like, disregard the fact that she was, in fact, trying to raise money for the charity, but what the fuck ever. You know. Right. She, I don't even think, I don't even think it was implied that she was drunk. She was just doing a stupid stunt. She did do a shot, like, because she, she did one, um, she did, like, a, like, either a back or a front handspring or a cartwheel or some shit right. to introduce her, like, her character. And then after that, you know, she like goes up, she's like, woo, and you know, and they, they hand her a shot, she does a shot, and she's all like, all like, hepped up off of that. And oh, yeah. Also, before this, we met her fiance, what's his name, Gray? Yeah, Gray. Rather than Gary. Well, is is it Gray or is it Greg? Greg? Because I keep, I, I heard it's, both. It's, it's Gray. It's Gray. I looked on the IMDb list. His character's name is like Gray Pittman. Yeah. Okay. I definitely heard a character call him Greg. Huh. Maybe they just fucked up, or maybe they were being, like, intentionally intentionally insulting. But we're introduced to him, like, constantly typing on his phone a bunch, and you hear, like, iPhone noises, and he goes, yes, we sealed the deal. Yeah, or so yes, you know, I, we closed. So it's like, yeah, he he is a he, he works in the serious business industry. This is like some fucking Glengarry Glen Ross shit. Yeah, like... ABC. Christmas is for closers. Exactly. 
And yeah, he he's very very New York businessman kind of guy. And uh, so we're we're introduced to her dad in the next scene where he's you know upset that she's made this public spectacle of herself and he wants her to stop being you know Miss Party Girl. So he gives her kind of an ultimatum where she has to perform this task uh, of delivering the Christmas letters to her uncle Zeke. And this is kind of like the central sort of plot of the movie right here. Yeah. Is yeah. that every year her dad delivers uh, this box of letters to his friend, to we, we later learn it's not his brother, but his friend Zeke who started it, this it, company. With yeah. Him. It's, it's his, it's his, it's his business partner who founded the company with him and has since retired. Yeah. Right. But they, and, they, every year they, they deliver these letters back and forth to kind of remind each other of like, you know, where they came from. And it's the letters are all about, we find out sort of, you know, like they're basically their shared history of like, you know, what, what their families have been going through and just to kind of keep them, I guess, on an even keel as far as like where they came from and all that. And he wants his daughter to deliver, make this delivery for him to kind of teach her some humility. Well, no, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We're getting, we're getting kind of into the wet, hot American summer, 10 years later plot of it. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but what it starts out with is he's he's trying to retire and he want and apparently this company even though they're big enough to have like you know a huge office on a in a high rise in New York and shit apparently they're still not like publicly traded or have like a board of directors where he can just be like you know I quit as CEO hey you're the CEO now right because he's he's going to leave the company to her. Which how old is she, by the way? She's like in she's she's got to be in her mid to late twenties. We were trying to figure it out, but then after some like clues later on, like some yeah, I was trying to piece this clues. together myself. Yeah, um, it doesn't the, quite make sense. Yeah, because I was like, she's got to be like thirty or something. Like she doesn't look like she's like super. Th- this is another. This feeds into another thing where I got really mad at this movie, which I'll talk about later. But like, right. um. She she seems like she's about our age, you know, like maybe close to around a thirty year old ish, and right. But but she's like late twenties because they did mention an event that happened um ten years ago at one point, and then she mentions it another time and says she was a teenager when it happened. Right. So so she's in her twenties. Yeah, but her dad basically tells her like, look, do this simple fucking task without making a huge embarrassment of yourself or others, and then I'll leave the company to you. Yeah, right. and she that's, has that's to. The deal. She has to do it incognito as well. Yeah, he's, he he says he says the budget is one hundred because all that's all we had when we started the company, and you can't like throw your you can't throw the family name around to get yourself places. And also, you're not allowed to have credit yeah. cards. Right. But but so basically, he's saying, "Hey, daughter, take this bus to this place you've never been. Here's a hundred dollars. Hope you don't get stabbed." Right. Pretty much. But also, like. The rules of this game are relayed to us after the fact, like when she's talking to her her fiance about it, and she's like, "I have to do this, and I have to do this, and I have to do this." And her boy, her fiance is just like, "What the fuck? Why?" Yeah, and her fiance's like, "But we're going to Maui and all this shit," and it's, it fucking pisses me off because it's like, "Look, you little fucking shithead! If I do this, I literally get an entire fucking company." So shut your goddamn mouth for one goddamn week. We'll go to Maui later. Right. I, right. Just fucking shut up and enjoy yourself, trophy husband. Look, I will buy you Maui. Just let me do this. Exactly. But, I mean, that that's, that's an important thing to keep in the back of your head throughout this entire movie, that you can't really connect with this character because she's doing all of this shit in order to have her own entire fucking company. Right. Yeah. Like, money is definitely on the line here. But I'm, I'm still, I'm still, like... 
a little bit miffed that like this information was not relayed to us by her dad during the scene where he related to her. Like it, the movie cuts, and yeah. then we find all this shit out later. Like, and she's just throwing this stuff out. Like, oh yeah, by the way, I have all these things I have to follow. Like, could Dad not have laid this out for her for us even? You know, I yeah, I don't know. It just seems kind of disconnected. It's, it's bad storytelling, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. It, I think they needed to have the scene with the fiance be longer, so they just like, well, let's just throw some exposition in here instead. Yeah. yeah. So she's off on the bus to Stick City, New York, or wherever. Snow Falls, Maine. Yeah, it, it, I don't know if they ever said it's Maine. I don't know if we were just assuming it's Maine. We guessed it's Maine. It's like, yeah, it's like Maine or like Vermont or New Hampshire or something. It's it's far enough away that they're trying to sell it as like the land that time forgot, basically, because she gets a bit like, oh, there's no cell phone service, even though, spoiler alert, there's a fucking authorized Mac reseller in the city. <laughs> right. But the place is fucking called Snow Falls. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could not make this any more Bedford Falls if you just called it Bedford Falls. But also, the name's just like an awful fucking pun. Snow Fa- Oh, I just got it. <laughs> 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 yeah, like, the, the, this, this, this town tries to ha- have it both ways of just being like, well, this is what a town has because how would this town not have it? Like, aka, like, the Apple Store or something. Right. But then at the same time, like... The guy who runs the hotel in town is also driving the cabin town. Right. It's like this little like shitty one horse town. And his 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 aunt, but... who we meet later, played by Andy McDowell, runs the the one the one diner in town. And yeah. It's it's it's, it's, it's Pottersville. It's basically like what this town is is what like super rich, like privileged ass people go to when they want to feel like they're like getting off the grid and like roughing it a little bit like because it's very nice like it's a very fucking nice like upper middle class type town but at the same time it's just like in the fucking sticks yeah, this is it's if, if that makes it's, sense it's yeah it's fucking veiled <laughs> yeah there it's, you go. it's the homogenized small town america that hallmark channel thinks exists yes yeah yeah that's another thing as being someone from and living in a small town not the same small town thank god burn you. shut the fuck up <laughs> motherfucker you're the one that moved here i know and i regret it every day damn love you <laughs> it's like yeah it feels like weird and pandering and it's like no we're not like this basically living in a small town means you go to the big town to do shit more often and that's yeah. it right i also notice in this small town that like not a single person deals meth which is weird to me yeah, yeah, and and also living in a small town means that, you know, like, the kids are all fucking bored and usually, like, doing awful fucking things. And, like each other. Yes. Right. And, and also that small towns are usually pretty fucking poor, and this place is not, like, it, it's, everyone seems to be getting along just fucking fine there, like... Yeah, like, I would say, like, and, and they know this company, like, this company is their hometown, like, this Hearth and Home Gifts is, like, their hometown hero company. Like, they, I, I would imagine that this would be more like, what town are Ben and Jerry's based in? Oh, I'm not sure. They're, are, are they based in Burlington or are they based in some, like, small punk ass bullshit? I, I don't know. Let me look it up real quick. But I imagine that that would be kind of like, kind of like a little analogous to Ben and Jerry, where it's just like... No, this this big fucking company is the reason this town's on this map, and this town's on the fucking right. map. Yeah, you're right, Burlington, Vermont. Um, but yeah, like yeah, it's kind of implied that their company is the one that kind of feeds money back into that town, 
and like they're, yeah it, it is a big deal you know, they're the reason why the town isn't you know destitute or a ghost town or whatever because hearth and home is sort of they kind of turn that place into a little bit of a tourist trap i, I feel like because that's yeah i don't know it's the i just thought like the most immediate uh town that i can think of like that i personally know that that kind of this sort of reminds me of is uh, gatlinburg tennessee yeah I can which see i've that. i've been to I can see that. but it it's a very like you know they they have like a very like like this kind of like facade up of this because you know, it's a small place but um you know of like this perfect little like small town but it's also very touristy yeah and but uh yeah that, that's what it makes me think of yeah, so she gets there and immediately like like what happens? What is, what is this series of fucking comedic okay, events? Okay, so she first of all, there's just she's just really stupid about the bus because she's never been on a bus before. Yeah, she's, she's, she's like, where's the flight Yorker. attendant? Where's the where's the wings on the bus? You know, I'd, I'd love to have a you know, I'd love to order a glass of wine right now. And you know, and anyway, okay, she gets her luggage from the bus driver. Um, tries to tip him, but then realizes she only has a hundred dollar bill and he can't break it. That's so, the other thing. Like, her dad literally gives her a hundred dollar bill. He doesn't give her a hundred dollars like in twenties. Right. It's like a crisp, like brand new hundred too. Like it's like a, just like a fucking pristine hundred dollar bill. But um, it, he's like whatever and like leaves. She um. She has three suitcases because because women and their luggage. Am I right, folks? Yeah, sh- and she. I can't remember why she turns around on those. She like turns around and walks away from. She's for looking a at. She's looking at the fucking old timey Dickensian car- carolers that literally exist only in oh, shitty movies right, like right, this. Right. Ne- Even if you do have people actually fucking seeing carols, which you don't. Yeah. They don't fucking dress like goddamn like Charles Dickens characters. Yeah. But yeah, she turns around, and gets distracted by that, and then meanwhile, back behind her, there's a dude carrying a Christmas tree. Who um who swings around and hits her suitcase and that makes a wire pull her suitcase across the street. Right, her suitcase like slides out into the middle of the road on like just a fucking sheet of ice which no one should be driving on, and then this car hits it and it explodes and her panties go everywhere, basically. I was really kind of hoping like <laughs> it was just gonna be a suitcase full of dildos or something. <laughs> That's the fucking X-rated version. I was kind of, I was kind of suspecting shoes would be the joke item in there. Like it's literally a suitcase full of shoes, right? Oh yeah. But no, it it has like her like lingerie and shit in it, which still has like entirely too much fabric because this is a Hallmark movie, so but, or a, a Hallmark esque movie. But yeah, it's uh, it's it get, her 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 suitcase gets hit by a cab driven by Jim Two from the office. Who, as we yes. established, is also the guy who runs the town inn. But he's driving this like old green like taxi cab out of out of like a, a museum from the fifties or something. Yeah, <laughs> where it's 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 implied that it's literally the only taxi in town because he says like something like he fills in for Harold when Harold has gout or something or when his gout's acting up. I wonder if that's Harold, like A.K.A. John Cho. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, that, that's, what, that's what he started doing after 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 so, so maybe, came from maybe we yeah. watched the movie we were trying to watch after all. We watched the sequel to the movie we were supposed to be watching. <laughs> but uh, this, what is it? What's his character name? Jake. Yeah. He's basically Flexo. 
from Futurama. In what way? Because every every time he says something is like, I'm going to say the sarcastic, stupid-ass thing. No, I'm just kidding. I'm actually sincere. Oh, yeah, Everything yeah. he says is that beat of, like, just like, you're the snark-ass thing. No, I'm kidding. I'm sincere, actually. It, uh, the, the like, pacing and, and the way that, I don't. I don't know if I want to, like, completely fault the actors for it or if it's just the way they, like, edited the movie, but everything is Look just... at George Lucas. A shitty actor can ruin... Act- a shitty director can ruin actors. Yeah, like, it, it's like they have, like, all these, like, stupid lines they have to say, and then the the way, like, the, the movie treats it, it's like there's this awkward pause after everything, and, and it seems like nothing lands right, even though this is their own goddamn movie, like... And the movie is just chock full of, like, what I call, like, Grey's Anatomy music, of just yes. that weird, like, like, it's like a fucking, like, it's like a, like a slap bass and violin, like a oboe and shit, of just, like, this music that all it's telling you is that in, in my comedy drama that something wacky is happening Yeah, right it's, it's like quirky, like, quirky interstitial music, or not interstitial, but, like, quirky, like, yeah, you like, know, like, background music. Like Grey's Anatomy, Ally McBeal-ass fucking shit. Yeah. It's just, like, and wacky noise, basically. Yeah, and the characters are always, like, like mugging, like, these stupid looks, too. Like, like to, I guess, drive home the point that, oh, there's some shit going on. Better make a weird face. But in, like, the first act of, the first act of this movie, like, everything that, that, like, Ellen says to Jake is just this, this you know, rich person not understanding how regular people are. And every, every time she says something to him, he just kind of gives this look and just goes, huh, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and you yeah. can see that, it's, I can tell, I can't tell if it's him like trying to play the character or if it's really this guy just being so annoyed with having to be in the movie because you can tell he's just not know. having it today <laughs> he is not interested yeah, in he's, it at all. he's just not fucking here for it yeah it turns out he's like the he's like the desk clerk or owner of the inn which it's kind of confusing because zeke is also still the owner of the inn like, i think the, he, maybe he's just he just like runs yeah, he's like it. the day like, manager you know what i mean Okay. Yeah. Because, like, she goes there specifically to that end to meet Zeke, and her her plan is basically, okay, I go up there, meet Zeke, stay the night, come, you know, come back down come back down to New York the next right. morning. yeah. But she gets up there, and somehow this town has literally no cell phone service. I mean, I was in a town a couple days ago that was just like a, a cell reception black hole, and it was annoying as hell. So, like, I kind of know what but that, this is that like. But that town, that, I'm going to guess that town didn't have a fucking Apple store in it, though. It probably didn't. Well, it wasn't. No. It wasn't an Apple store, but it was an authorized it, Apple retailer. It, it was like Doug's computer retail outlet, like right. But she bought, but she got a fucking iMac from there, so he can sell Apple things. Yeah, like and they, it's like it's a this town has the fucking internet and everything, yet somehow cell phone reception has like passed them over. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and everyone in the movie had like a fucking MacBook Pro, like. Even, you know, Jake or whatever the hotel manager, yeah, he, like, like he had one in his little back room. Yeah, Jake like had his. Yeah, even even the the uh, the desk computer was like a, a fancy you know uh, HP whatever the new model is, but it was still running like that awful black and green like. Oh no! Know. Did you did, no? It had like a big old fucking CRT. I did notice that the fucking desk computer. Okay. It was like a big chunky white like CRT monitor. Like some gateway <laughs> shit. Yeah, it was like like a fucking like 1995 like computer monitor. Right, it was, it was, but it was running some like ancient ass like AS four hundred IBM shit. Yeah, pretty much. But yeah, she gets her room, which is like this ridiculously huge fucking room. There's no way she got this for less than a hundred, even in like you know Podunk Center, you know, uh, Vermont or whatever. Yeah. There's no way she paid less than a hundred for this fucking room. I mean, unless she's you know 
paying them something, something a little extra under the table. I don't know. Ooh, she's fucking working to earn her keep. See? Again, that's the fucking X-rated version. They could have, like, made a porn out of this movie. It would have been so you much know, better. And I, I, I keep trying to not take it in that direction, but, like, they're not helping me here. Like, every time they give each other a look and she's like, well, I can't pay with this with the money that I have. I'm like, okay, so I know where this is going. And then it doesn't go there. Right. Then the fucking bass starts slapping. Then, you know, but shit's about I, to but happen. I feel like... I feel like they know that too, and they're like intentionally playing that up so they can like bait and switch. Like, oh, it's it's still PG romantic comedy. Okay, fuck it. Right. Fine. That's like that's like that's a different movie called like The Christmas in Her Entrance, a Ballmark <laughs> original. <laughs> oh my god, you got it one. <laughs> Let's write this one too and ship it off to all the fucking porn companies. You know, there's the the uh, the knockoff company that makes porn parodies of movies, The Asylum. Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> god, I, I this is still one of my pet peeves. The guy who makes those movies now has given up on titles and just calls them all like "This Ate the Thing I'm Parodying," uh, XXX parody. Yeah, that's bullshit. What do you call the Simpsons porn parody, honestly? The Gibsons, and it's a BDSM thing. Yeah. Shit, that's good. Shit, that's good. John, you're in the wrong business. Right. We are in the wrong business here. I mean, John is very fucking good at this. I wonder why. <laughs> I have no idea. What's that look? <laughs> I don't even know what to say. He's at a loss for words. I mean, I mean, I mean let's let's get it clear. Like, a, 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 a sex parody of something, you don't actually watch it for the sex. Like there's no there's no actual pleasure to be derived from that way because like yeah it's like yeah these people are fucking and they're doing an admirable job of fucking but they're still dressed like goddamn Bob's Burgers characters right right like like we're purely watching this for the fucking comedic value and maybe being slightly uncomfortable if we're watching it with our friends yeah I I am honestly baffled at like who the audience for like porn parody movies is because like like you said it's the the parody is too distracting for the porn and the porn is too distracting for the parody. Right, and like if you legitimately get off on that stuff, you kind of have bigger issues than wanting to watch a porn parody. (laughs) But at the same time, if you're like just watching it for the comedy value, like uh, you've given up on on mainstream comedy and you're going for the hard cut stuff now. (laughs) Yeah, because honestly, like like if you're watching a, a porn parody of something, the entire joke is just in the name of it. You don't need to watch anything more than that. You can just you could just look at the fucking name of it and be like, ah, I get that joke now. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like like the AV the AVN awards give awards for the best titles. Like so I get I get the feeling half of them don't even watch the shit. They just look at the titles. Jonathan, you could get some fucking AVN awards. You need oh, to yeah. like hook up with a porn company. Yeah, like a fucking like what is, what what are the awards they go? They give them just a giant like glass a clear glass clear plastic dildo i hope so i mean it's the only award that you can actually use for something so (laughs) wait wait so oscars aren't actually made out of chocolate well so we've gone down down a rabbit hole of like our weird predilections towards uh everything tonight yeah uh, where the hell were we even um we were talking about the fact that there's no way she can afford this hotel room even if even if this is podunk town we're like you know wow a whole dollar that'll buy you breakfast lunch and dinner yeah like there's no way that she afford she can afford this nice ass fucking bed and breakfast retreat hotel room yeah i mean this and house have is fucking huge 
Oh, yeah. I think they established there's like eight rooms in the whole bed and breakfast. And like and like two of the, two of them are her suite. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. So she kind of decides to like make the best of it and just hang around because even even though her her cash runs dry after like one night, um Jim too decides to shanghai her into being the nanny of the of the place. The but, nanny? Yeah, like like first he's like first she's like, you know, well, I don't have any money. He's like, well, you know, I'll basically Blow me. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll work something else out. Wink and then smash cut yeah. to her like vacuuming the floors like oh okay. Yeah, he basically he basically like, you know, well, you don't you you know, you want to you want to earn your room, you know, I need a maid right now. Yeah. And she what does she do? She she breaks the vacuum, um, breaks a vase. <clears throat> yeah, she uh she breaks a vase and then when she's vacuuming, there's like a pair of like, okay. First of all, this let's talk about this room. Yeah, this this room is like clean. this room is like the fucking stones in seventy eight just stayed in it. Right, like right. Yeah, but, like, if if she knew anything, if she's ever stayed in a hotel in her life, she should know one thing, and it's that maids will never pick up your laundry for you. So all of like the bras that are hanging on the Christmas trees or the panties on the on the lampshades, like don't even touch those because you're not even supposed to. Right, no, exactly. You're there, you're there, to, you're there the vacuum, empty the trash, and turn the bed back up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like so, but she gets stuck because she has to. She tries to vacuum up under the bed, and the bed, like the vacuum, picks up a pair of boxer shorts, and the vacuum is more powerful than she is, and the boxer shorts go straight into the vacuum. Yeah, and, and then the, the vacuum explodes. like explodes, fucking uh, shit all over the room. It's a great, and... great Sandlot joke in the middle of our awful Christmas movie. Yeah, and then um, and Jim too comes up and opens the door and finds her like covered and it looks like ash. Honestly, it looks like there's just like ash covering everything, but it's like yeah. vacuum cleaner like debris. And also, she's wearing like a fucking like not like a cocktail it's, dress, it's, it's but a, pretty... no, she's wearing a sweater dress. Yeah, and heels because the the, the joke being that she did not act at all like pack for this environment. Right. Yeah, they make jokes multiple times. He refers to her lack of clothes, like like she didn't dress or she didn't bring clothes to dress warmly enough, and it's just it's kind of a weird, creepy like like we you know we we want to put this joke in here so we can kind of hint toward them like hooking up. And it's but, just she's, but wearing, without she's wearing like a it. like a fucking like silk nighty and a and like a silk robe or some shit, you know. It's it's the thing where it's like they use the fact that it's made of a a material to signify you know sexy, even though it's made of like you know fucking yards of that material. Right, like like it's very covering, but but they like refer to her lack of of dress like 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 they're trying to like put these two in you know some kind of wacky sexy situation without it being like super sexy because this is like a family movie. Yeah, like the the Netflix uh, ratings for it, they list this as a romantic comedy for t- for eleven and twelve year olds. So yeah, yeah. It's, but uh, oh. yeah, she's definitely she didn't pack to be a maid at a hotel. Clearly, no, no, she didn't. So when it's when it's 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 made very clear that she is not cut out for maid work. Um, he sends her across the street to learn to cook with her aunt because she says, "Oh, I'm actually a baker," which is a yeah, because she's. Because she is still like she can't tell people who she is, because yeah, that's, like that's like one of the caveats of this game. Because as as soon as she drops her last name, people are gonna be like, "Oh, okay, you're you're the reason this town exists, daughter." Okay. Yeah. 
Um, and, and and she won't learn a lesson in humility that way. Yeah, but Andy McDowell's playing the you know the wise older person basically in this movie. But I just, I just, I just want to point out that we're reading into it the lesson in humility thing ourselves right now. That's where the fucking movie goes. Spoiler, alert, but we're reading that into it right now because right well, now I mean, all... it's it's heavily heavily implied. Like yeah, it's, but... it's mostly because that's just how these movies work. Yeah, exactly. Like. Like, you know, in, like in, inside baseball, you know that's what's fucking happening. But just on the surface, what it is is, here, I'm going to give you the simple fucking task. Don't fuck it up is all that her dad's done, basically. Right, yeah. And also, oh, we forgot to mention, when she gets there, she tries calling her dad, and he literally hangs the fucking phone up on her. Uh, right. Yeah, he he fakes, like, a bad connection and then hangs up. So he is straight just messing with her. Yeah, he's he's trolling her. He's trolling her, yeah. Um, but so, so, uh, Ellen decide or she doesn't decide, Ellen goes across the street to start baking with Andy McDowell, and then we learn that Andy McDowell has a bit of a history with her dad. Yes. And also, Andy McDowell knows who she is, because Andy McDowell's not fucking stupid. Yeah, she, she, there's a pointed scene where she, um, looks at a picture on the wall of, uh, Ellen's dad and Ellen's mom, and Ellen, like, when she was, like, a little kid. And Ellen's Ellen is like the spitting image of her mother, who mm-hmm. uh, we we found out at this point in the movie died when she was a teen. Um, her mother Nora, and so Annie McDowell goes and looks at that for a minute. She's like, a minute. I know who it's you it's are. like two seconds. Yeah, yeah. She, she's she's like, okay, this this girl comes up here, looks exactly like Nora Langford, saying that her name is insert name of Laura, Nora Langford's daughter here. Gee, I wonder what the fuck's happening. Right. Yeah. So right. she she asks her what the deal is and and Ellen uh explain you know spills the beans explains it to her and begs her like not to tell anyone because it's gonna you know fuck up her thing and Andy and Andy McDowell's like nope secret safe with me yeah and to to refresh her thing is having her own fucking company yeah right like please don't fuck up my entire livelihood for me please right also, also you're my dad's ex and could easily do this. I'm begging you. Yeah. Well, I, I want to stress that it's not about her livelihood. It's it's her running a fucking company. She would right. be yeah, yeah. she would be she her dad would not let her go fucking poor. All this is for her is like a personal quest to prove that she is in some way responsible. She could continue just being a worthless idiot on her like she could be a failed daughter very easily. Yeah, basically like this this entire town of people or it's it's like in this movie's world, they were only put there to serve as a lesson for this fucking like rich girl. Manic Pixie Dream Town. Yeah, exactly. Manic Pixie Dream Town. That's beautiful. Yes, you fucking got it. That's exactly what it is. But um, yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing as Chris as like the, the the problem with Christmas shoes. Like, so you're telling us that all of this was put in place just to teach this one person a lesson? Yes. Exactly. Yeah, like I said, it's 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 like Wet Hot American Summer ten years later, where literally the entire plot of the series was was like a conspiracy orchestrated by George H W Bush and Ronald Reagan to teach the old camp counselors of Camp Firewood a lesson about togetherness and friendship. Right. And it, and just like with uh, Wet Hot American Summer ten years later, it's complete bullshit. Yes. Except in this case, that's not the joke. It's just there. It is. Yes. Oh God. Also, a thing that kind of it, it bugs me about this whole like, you know, gimmick or premise is that she is like the favorite daughter of this town supposedly, and her dad expects her to go there and not be noticed by anybody. 
Yeah, that's even the though she has like... even though she hasn't been there in like I'm assuming over ten years. Most of the people there, I feel like, would probably recognize her on site anyway. So, well, and just to like jump ahead slightly, like when uh, Jake does find out about like who she actually is, he fucking immediately googles her name or no, what was it called? Like, search this or something. Yeah, like now search this or something. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Um, but he he like googles her name and then you know sees the fucking New York insider or whatever articles about you know her like yeah which I, her I, escapades and it's like like how did not more people not put this put two and two together like yeah oh I this mean, this woman named ellie which is the name of the company owner's daughter is up here looking for the other guy who were who used to run the company right like Gee, they, i wonder what's going on they clearly have the fucking internet like there there's got to be more than like five people in this town someone has someone is like keeping up on that shit yeah i better yet Better yet, like, wouldn't you think the people in this town would have, like, posted that everywhere? Like, hey, did you see what the rich guy's daughter did a couple days ago? (laughs) Right, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, and, like, to to be clear, I don't know if we mentioned it, like, the only reason she's still staying there is because Uncle Zeke has just literally disappeared. Like, he goes off into the woods or something on his own and, like, Yeah, he goes on, like, a fucking, like, vision quest in the woods. Like, yeah, Yeah. everyone everyone is just, like, it's like he says, he'll be back when he gets back. And that's all, that's all there is to it. Yeah. Right. Um, so where let's see, story wise we were where she is like baking with yeah, she's, she's learning how to bake and actually doing a decent enough job of it. Yeah. Right. And at a certain point we I think we miss a scene <clears throat> where like she where Ellen and Jake are going on a walk and they encounter uh, a homeless guy on the street. Oh yeah. Literally he gives the homeless guy money and they have this this conversation about like whether or not you should give money to poor people or homeless people rather. Yeah. And she's like, well, my, you know, my fiance says, like, you shouldn't do it because you, they should, it's not good for them to not learn to work it's for themselves. Some, some Republican-ass bullshit about self-respect. Basically. Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, right. go she fuck just yourself. Party, she's just, like, reading off a teleprompter about the things that she's been told about homeless people. Like, she's never met a homeless person in her life. Yeah, Paul, right. Paul Ryan is jerking off to this movie now. Pretty much. <laughs> but yeah, like, she... She eventually will also have to learn the value of helping people in in this town, um, partly by like remembering that this this homeless guy is out there. Yes, because very soon after this, uh, a big snowstorm hits the town, and everybody like half the town is without power, and the sheriff is trying to like wrangle people out of their houses and then into shelters, and also into the the bed and breakfast, which apparently has a lot of room and also has not lost its power. Right. Which you see people like literally running from this storm like it's a fucking tornado or yes. something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's... it's just like kind of lightly snowing. It's yeah, there's just like exterior shots of like the fucking like downtown and people are just like fucking running every which way. It's really funny. Yeah, like, like yeah, it looks fine. No, it's the storm of the century. <laughs> yes. But uh, so the, the people staying in the hotel are offering up their, their uh, beds and their, their couches to you know the folks that are coming in off the street. Uh, and then, and then Ellen goes runs back out into the storm to go and and grab uh, this homeless guy that we met earlier. Uh, Badger is that his name? Baxter. It's Baxter. Baxter. Badger. <laughs> we got to get Badger and Skinny Pete off the street. It's like yeah, it's like these like stereotypical like it's like these homeless stereotypes where these people are like so fucking subhuman they don't even have like actual human names. Like, <laughs> my God. No, it's Baxter's. I was close. Hey, 
the character, close. The character was literally an actual live badger wearing a stocking cap. <laughs> yeah, we just treat him like he's a person. He's kind of the town mascot. <laughs> he thinks he's people. He thinks he's people. We haven't argued with we haven't we haven't argued with him about it because he'll scratch the shit out of you if you do. <laughs> Oh honey, God. stop! Honey, honey, stop! Stop! Honey, stop! <laughs> honey, Badger don't care. <laughs> the, the zoo in my hometown has a has had a badger, and I, I don't know if it's the same badgers when I was a kid, but there's a badger exhibit there. I've never once seen the goddamn badger in that badger exhibit. I've been to that zoo like hundreds of times. That's because I don't give a fuck. Is it a flea circus kind of deal where you have to imagine the badgers? <laughs> badgers that's my favorite fucking rock band well no it's 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 there's like the prairie dog exhibit where it's just like a big it's basically just a big sandbox full of prairie dogs and you see them because they all run around like jackasses and squeak and they're and so cute yeah and there's a similar thing next like right next to it for the badger but the badger just doesn't want to fucking come up to the surface like you see <laughs> you see you see like this honeycomb hideout of, of holes everywhere and like a couple of deflated soccer balls that the badger is murdering and that's it <laughs> I, I've been to the zoo. It's it's very it's like a very nice, cute zoo. It's cool. Just zoo talk for a second. I like zoos. It's not like our zoo where, where it's like a fucking wilderness zoo. So this has been zoo talk. Um, I don't have anything to add to zoo talk. I'm sorry. Someone wants to donate money to us, we'll buy a zoo. Uh, or going back to the uh, beginning of the episode, we will shoot a zoo. For the right price, we will, in fact, shoot a zoo. Yes. PETA, don't add us. Oh, fuck PETA. <laughs> so where the hell were... Okay, so we had to talk about, like, Jim Two's personal, like, psychosis here, because he's got his own shit going on. Yes. Yeah, like, the first time he meets, he meets her, like, he talks about, like, you know, so you're from the big city, huh? And she's like, oh, have you been? He's like, I don't, I don't know exactly how the conversation goes. I don't quite remember. But basically, she's talking to him about New York and asking him, like, why didn't he stay there? Because she kind of gets the idea that he used to, not that he visited there, but he used to live there. Yeah. And she's like, oh, how'd you like it? And his answer is like, well, I came back here, didn't I? Yeah. Which is the most yeah. not non-answer thing imaginable. It's like, oh, past trauma. Okay, I get it. Yeah. It was, like, rude as fuck. And she's like, oh, okay. In the next scene, when they're, they're, in, the, they're in his aunt's diner, uh, Silent Night starts playing on the jukebox. Which, for one, why is Silent Night in the jukebox? I don't I care, mean, but he hates it. He hates the shit out of it. And he is, like, getting, like, fucking mad about it, too. He is, like, throwing a, like, big boy tantrum about it. Yeah, it's the angriest I've ever seen anyone over a, a Christmas song. <laughs> yes. Like, he, he is about to just, like, start fucking, like, like angry crying in the middle of the diner over it. And and I was trying to figure out like okay so what happened did his did his mom die in a church on Christmas Eve? Did I was going I, I was going with I was going with dead wife. Yeah, mm. that that's what I was wondering too. And it's it's I don't, I don't want to say dumber than that, but it's definitely not as traumatic as that. Ye oh, it's it's so fucking stupid. The the actual reason and also my main complaint with this entire movie is like some shit that was written by like a fucking like sixteen year old girl in like some like you know like oh I want to write this like romantic like fantasy story for myself and like this is like they put all these like stupid unrealistic situations in there and like the dumbest laziest reasons possible for fucking everything. Right, so so basically, what what his his hangup is is that like he was on a romantic dinner with his his girlfriend or fiance, I forget which. Right. But 
she yeah. in the middle of the dinner she just says to him it's over and right then right. and there silent night starts playing in the restaurant and that's why he hates silent night because that was the moment that his relationship fell apart because he and his like fancy uh big city girlfriend uh broke up and then she starts she leaves him for some other big city businessman in New York and he decides to come back home to the small town. Yeah, he 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 was there for art school apparently. Yeah, she leaves him for once an adult man. <laughs> and I and then I started to wonder did did she leave him for Greg, Gray, and then did Gray leave her for Ellen? That would be like some incestuous shit. Like... That would be would have been a fun twist, but unfortunately yeah. too yeah. much fun for this movie what i what i was kind of what i was kind of thinking of what was going to go on was because at one point gray calls her and complains that she's not going to be back in time for his christmas party or some shit so he's like oh well I, i'll just get like fiona from accounting to keep me company Car- some it's shit karen like that. it's karen, karen from accounting karen from accounting okay yeah and it's just like okay well we're break we're, we're broken up now bye bitch and just hang the fuck up on him yeah. but yeah because like he's basically just being like oh well i'm gonna cheat on you then if you're not back and I, and I, 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 I was thinking, would this movie be so fucking dumb that like he's gonna send her a picture of him with Karen from accounting, and and Jake's gonna look at it and be like, you know, that's my fucking ex fiance. Oh Jesus Christ! I had a thought. Like I, I was thinking about that. Like, oh, this movie needed like one more little twist to make it interesting because like the backstretch of this movie takes for fucking ever. Yeah, like. We I paused it at like forty minutes in when like it seemed like everything was gonna go okay and I was I just like I'm gonna call it now he's gonna find out her last name and be fucking mad about it for some reason yeah and there's like forty four minutes and fifty seconds left with the timestamp on it yeah and that definitely happened yep yeah my my first thought was going to be before the before Gray showed up in town my first thought was going to be that Zeke is going to show up, not know what the game is, and just you know start talking to her about her dad and he's gonna get mad about it. I definitely thought Zeke was going to be dead. I, I really felt like the, 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 the final twist was going to be that Zeke had been dead for years. That's kind of... I, I was thinking that, too, to be honest. Like, and I was like, why is everyone fucking with her and telling her that he's, like, out, like, frolicking in the woods when actually he's been, like, dead for 15 years? What if Zeke had been a ghost? Maybe he was. Zeke? You want to talk to Zeke, but Zeke died three years ago on this very night. Oh Jesus! On Christmas Eve. That's <laughs> on Christmas like... Eve. And Damn. then her dad sends him. Her dad sends her to this little town in the middle of nowhere to learn a learn a lesson from a ghost. <laughs> it takes a real Dickensian <laughs> twist there at the end. Yeah, it really does. What the fuck? Really? I I would have I would have actually like enjoyed that movie to be honest. You know, like home. All these like Hallmark ass movies need that one extra little twist to become interesting. But if if one and of them that one little twist that, is ghosts. <laughs> right? I would have. I would have been like, but like seriously, I would have liked that because I would have been like, oh, this is smart. They're they're like actually like making like, this is like a literary reference. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, wasn't there at some point a um, like a Nicholas Sparks movie where it was like the girl and the like the girl is getting tips on how to date the guy from the guy's like the ghost of the guy's dead wife or something? Holy shit! I, I don't. Know. I feel like that was a real movie. And like, if I, mean, if I, I was to watch, it. if I was to watch any Nicholas Sparks movie, that might be the one, just because of how nutty that idea is. Right. Now I'm just thinking of the fucking Lovely Bones, where, and I don't think it happens in the movie, but in the book, there's a point where like she literally possesses her like still alive friend, so she can fuck her boyfriend. Gross. Yeah, I do not remember that. 
It, it literally happens in the fucking book, because I, I read a goddamn summary of the book when the movie was coming out, because I was like, why the fuck are they making a, a movie about, a de- like, a, literally a dead tween, and why is it, like, a, like a fucking romantic-ass thing? Huh. I thought it was just supposed to be, like, a creepy movie. No, it's supposed to be some weird fucking, like, inspiring, like, inspira- like fucking, like, not, it's, it's not actually a Christian thing, but it's, tr- it's going for that kind of territory, though, of, like... Oh, okay. I mean, I watched it, like, it's been years, though, but I, I don't know. I can't remember anything about it. (laughs) No, it's just, it's just, it's one of those things where it pisses me off because, like, like I said, like, I've said this before, there's enough, like, horrible fucking shit in the world where I don't need, like, my fiction to, to represent that part of, that part of the reality. Yeah. I would, I would, I would rather things get tied up nice and neat. (laughs) And the lovely bones. I don't think it even. I, I it might end up with. It might end with the dude like that murders her, dying like uh, unrelated. But definitely no one ever finds her fucking body, and that just pisses me off. It's like, come on, like just throw me a fucking lovely bone here. God damn it! <laughs> I, I I feel like I remember that, and I feel like you know, spoiler alert for the lovely bones. I feel like the movie version at least has the guy just like fall off a cliff or something. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure most, he it's like the most unceremonious like non-event possible. To end that yeah, movie. yeah, he he like dies in some stupid way, I think. Where it's it's different from like No Country for Old Men, I would say, where in that one Anton Shire gets away, but like he still gets like completely fucked up in a car wreck because that's just because but that's kind of like the the general conceit of this movie is that like of, of No Country for Old Men is well like, that's the general conceit of the Coen Brothers like of, yeah just like nothing like, ha- like nothing happens for a reason yeah life know. is chaos. We're all like we're all going to die. Come watch TV. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Thanks, Rick and Morty. <laughs> so hey, let's wrap this up real quick because I feel like we're oh, really God, dragging yes, this please. thing out. Please, please, let's end this. Yeah. Um, um, just in general, I just want to say this movie. It's it's not. It it feels kind of like. This is something Brad's talked about before. I know about. I know it. Where like there are things that exist to be the Christian version of other things. Yeah. Like, like very, like very specific, direct, like this is this, but it's for the people who can only buy things that, like, that whose parents will only buy them things that the church says is okay. Right. Um. You, there. You know what I'm talking about, Karen. Yes, yes, I do. And I, there were just a couple of general things I wanted to say about this movie as well. That, like, the things that like really pissed me off about it. Um, but since, it, it, since I haven't yet. But yeah, it seemed to me like kind of like that, like a weird fact, like it was imitating a romantic comedy, but it was doing it in such a family friendly way. That yeah, really weird. yeah. Um, that that's one of the things. One of the things is that um, going back to you know Ellen being we we later figured out like in her twenties somewhere, but you know she, like she's an adult fucking woman and she can take care of her goddamn shit and and the shit. But it just seems like the dudes in this movie are just like like she's just being completely like infantilized. Like, the dudes are just treating her like she's just, like, this goofy, like, you know, little woman that doesn't fucking know how to do anything. Like, she's just this stupid little girl. And that really fucking pissed yeah, me like off. Yeah, if, if like, you, if you made this character be a 16-year-old girl, the the movie might make a little more sense. You have to you right. know, age, age down the fucking love interest, too. But, like, yeah, yeah if, she, if she was actually literally a teen, the movie would make a little more sense in why people are treating her this way. But also, like... Another thing, this movie basically fucking upsets me on some, like, very (laughs) fundamental, like, feminist levels. Like, also, like, when, um, 
so when the people get moved into the uh, the hotel, like from their houses because of the storm, oh God, she she takes in this woman whose husband is stationed in goddamn Germany in the year of our fucking Lord two thousand seventeen. Like who the fuck is stationed in Germany anymore? Um, in the military and. This woman and her two young children, one of which yeah, is I mean, an infant. I mean, for reference, there are still, like, U.S. U.S. military stationed in Germany, but it's so fucking few compared right, to, like, but... like, in 2007, basically, they, they, they um, scale it back immensely. That's, it's just so fucking random, though. I mean, like, maybe in, like, 1985, yeah, they're... Yeah, like, just fucking like... say he's stationed in Iraq. I guess I guess they don't want to say Iraq or whatever because, like, they feel like, you know, oh, that it's... might be, like, too dangerous or something. He might get shot there. So they or or like... it's too, like, controversial. To, like, it's too political. Or, you know what it might actually be? Like, they didn't want to reference the fact that he might be stationed in, you know, Iraq or Afghanistan because people watching this might have loved ones stationed in Iraq and Afghanistan and they don't want that being brought oh, back up. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, like... She could have said fucking overseas and gotten the point and gotten the point Exactly, across. yeah. Yeah, like, You didn't have yeah. to specify it. Um, but anyway, at one point, like, she's in the room with this woman and she has two young kids, like a little, little girl and a baby. Um, and... Uh, Ellie's like holding the baby while the woman's like taking care of her daughter, like getting her ready for bed. And Jake comes up and it's just like, has this long look at her, like fucking holding the baby. It's like so fucking like telegraphed. Like, and he's just like, oh, that's right. I can put babies inside. Right, exactly. It's like, oh my God, don't fucking do this. Like, women are not just like baby receptacles. <laughs> Jesus Mostly, fucking but Christ. Not, not, not exclusively. I don't know. That. That whole thing kind of pissed me off. Like, just watching it from, I guess, like, from a woman's perspective, it seemed very, like, obvious that that that's kind of what they were doing. Like, like yeah. he, he's more interested in her because, you know, basically she, she's, like, she's got mommy potential. Um, I, I think, like, trying to unpack it as what the movie's actually going for, the idea is being, like, you know, oh, she's actually a responsible person. She's not just a dumb party kid. Yeah, but... But, but, yeah, but, they, the, thing, they, but the things that it shows her being responsible for are cleaning a house cooking and then holding a baby exactly yeah. yes yes thank you so but yeah we need to what what, what time are we at um uh, we are at right at about an hour so we got to wrap this up so basically yeah, like yeah. The, the final act of this movie is that uh jake is putting on this uh charity auction for for the local like soup kitchen to raise money for the soup kitchen and she goes around town and gets all the the gifts the shops around town to like donate some fancy item for his auction and, the idea, the uh, idea being that she works for a gift company and does a lot of fundraising stuff. She knows how to do this, right? It, right. So she's putting her like, actual talents to use. Yes. And then, and, uh, and in the middle of all this, Gray shows up. Um. Yes. Yeah. And then Gray ends up at the one bar in town with Jake, and he Gray lets slip what her last name is. Yeah. And right. Jake and like and fucking called it. Jake gets mad about that because he called. He said she's one of the most honest people he's met before. Yep. And he gets mad that she lied to him. Because how how dare she have her own goddamn agenda? But to be perfectly honest, Jake is kind of a fucking idiot if he didn't already know immediately know who this person was. Yes. You know he's kind of the only person in town who doesn't know who she is. So yep. fuck him. It's yeah. his own damn fault. <laughs> yeah, because like they have they have a falling out about it. She goes back to the city, big city with with Gray. On the way there, Gray lets slip that he's the reason Jake knows who she who she is. So she gets mad at him, gets back on the bus to uh, Bedford Falls, 
She just gets on the nearest bus. Like, she doesn't have money or a ticket, right? She just gets on the bus. Yeah, I was wondering about that. Like, I didn't think she had any fucking money. Yeah, I would have just guessed that it's, the, that it's the same bus driver being like, you again, what the fuck? How are you? Why are you here? Maybe, like, before she got out of the car, she swiped some money out of Gray's wallet. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's, it's entirely possible. Yeah, so um, she she goes back there, ends up at the Christmas party, where it's revealed that the, the dude playing Santa is Zeke. Well, well okay, part of the bum, thing... Bum, is, yeah, part part of the thing is she realizes that she's missing a letter out of the box. She doesn't have this year's letter, and so she thinks that she must have left it at the hotel because what she was going to do was she was going to take it, take the, the letters back to New York, and just FedEx the fucking thing to Zeke. Just be like, look, we'll just put Zeke's name on it, put the town, then it's someone else's problem now. Yep. And she gets back there and is revealed that you know, bum bum bum, Zeke has the letter, and then her dad fucking shows up out of nowhere, and it's all just. This entire town has been trying to teach her a lesson about humility, basically. Right. All of a sudden, everyone knows who she is, and they're all coming out of the woodwork, and they're like... And then Ashton Kutcher shows up with the TV crew and is like, hey, guess what, bitch? You got punked. Exactly. (laughs) That's that's literally the end of the movie. But the scene with Zeke was so fucking distracting, because there was this this extra, like, like, standing behind Zeke the entire time with, like, long hair and glasses and it just it just looks so fucking distracting because it was, he was such like a fucking like striking person like you noticed him and he was standing like he wasn't out of focus and it's just like it, you, I spent the entire scene being like what's that dude's story yeah <laughs> and and too like when Zeke finally shows up I feel like it was a huge missed opportunity to have Zeke be played by somebody you know He's played by Anthony Sherwood, who's, like, if you look on his IMDb, his known for is this movie. One, like, among a couple other things, but one of them is this movie. Right, but it, it, I feel like that character could have been, like, a, a, a surprise celebrity cameo. You know, yeah. like, it could have been... Excuse okay. me. It kind of the been, way... Sorry. I, I'm, I'm just trying to brainstorm names. I don't know. <laughs> I was just going to say kind of the way that Andy McDowell was, like, the the aunt who's, like, not super central to this movie, but, like, she shows up a couple times, like, you right. know. Like, she was, like, their big celebrity get for this movie. Yeah, exactly. And this guy, I feel like, is just sort of, like, a Canadian actor who does Canadian productions, because this was filmed in, I think, Niagara Falls. Um, oh, okay. So it was just, yeah, it was, it was just some it was guy, guy basically. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it could have been, like... Yeah, Edward James Almos, or yeah, a, a, yeah. A, a, movie, a movie with more money. This would be like, like a fucking like James Earl Jones would show up for five minutes or some type of thing. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but you know, this movie's not that cool. Doesn't have that kind of cachet or money, and therefore they didn't. No. It's Netflix though. Netflix is gonna fucking float them a couple bucks to get someone. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Shit. You would think. <laughs> um. But then, you know, uh, Ellen and Jake make up and make out on the dance floor. And that's the end of the movie. Like, I thought there was going to be a, a, an end scene where we see her, like, running her company with Jake by her side, you know, having moved the, the headquarters back to Snow Falls or something. But no, we don't even get that. We don't even get a, like, coda scene. This is just the end of the movie. Yeah. Done. Well, what we got at the end of the movie was a trailer for A Christmas Prince. Yes, that is, oh, that is I, what we got. I didn't stick around for that. Um, that uh, no, it's just Netflix just started playing it during the credits, and I had to watch uh, it because I, I was like, I got to see this goddamn shit. Because I was it about was to like, say, like, is it is it is it being like positioned as a as a a sequel to Christmas Inheritance? Like she drops Jake and gets with a prince or something? 
No, it's just that they both, like, Netflix dropped both these stupid, like, Hallmark-ass Christmas movies last year around the same time, around Christmas, and, like, they both have, you know, like, whoever nameless, like, blonde lead actress, and so they they just seem, like, really interchangeable. And then they both are, like, a Christmas blank, like, by the title. The Christmas Prince just pisses me so fucking much off, because, like, you have this prince who's clearly, like, portrayed as British. Like it's it's a British actor talking in a Brit like a British English voice, not any sense, not any sort of like semblance of like a continental accent or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And and like the and like the 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 quirky like younger like little sister character is like even more British. Like she's the, like the most fucking British character that's had a goddamn Harry Potter pretty much. Right. Yeah. She's like painfully British. And but at the at the same time, you, like you see pictures of this castle and it looks like fucking Neuschwanstein. It's not. It's in Romania. But still, like, you see this fucking, like, snow-covered mountain, like, with a castle in it, and it's like, where the fuck is that in Britain? Yeah, they're in, like, fucking Bavaria. Like... Yeah, like, it looks like he's the fucking king of Bavaria, pretty much. And, like, in the... I read the summary of it, and, like, it takes place in the in the fictional country of Aldovia. Yeah, it's like some fucking Prince's Diaries bullshit. Wowzers. <laughs> Aldovia? Yes. Yikes. Maybe that's a. What if that's like Al Bundy's country that he made up? I was gonna go for Al Borland. <laughs> it seems like an Al Al uh, Al Bundy like fantasy country. <laughs> the flag is just the words "No, ma'am." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I feel like I would probably enjoy living in Aldovia at least for a week. <laughs> just check it out. The only thing that I can imagine right now is that uh, that fucking video of uh, Major Lazer's Ponda Floor with Al Bundy in the glasses. <laughs> Bundy Ponda <Yeah>. Floor. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about. I will just describe it. It's it's the scene from Married with Children where Al goes to get glasses, and in the original in the original thing, Sharp Dressed Man is playing the entire time. But someone put a put a version of it on YouTube where instead of that, it's instead of Sharp Dressed Man, it's Ponda Floor by Major Lazer. <laughs> It's so hilarious. Oh god, I'm putting that in the show notes. That's beautiful. Yes, please do. Oh man. So I think that's uh so hey, it's the time in the podcast now where we talk about the crankometer, which is our patented ranking system where we rank these films on an X and Y axis because we're a bunch of idiots who don't know how yeah. to do these things. Yeah. The X axis is is the Christmasosity, how Christmassy this film is, and the Y axis is the actual quality of the film. So, so uh, friends, uh, X axis, how Christmassy is Christmas Inheritance? It's fairly Christmassy, like. But at the same time, the movie could have taken place when the fuck ever. Yeah. Like, if you take away Christmas, it's basically just Billy Madison. Well, they have like the Christmas letters though, which is like the central like. Yeah, but it, it's thing. a MacGuffin though. It's like it's a reason for her to get there. Yeah. If if you take away Christmas, it's basically. Uh, Russell Madness, which is a, a which is a complaint I've levied at some other film recently. Um, Santa Paws. This has the same plot as Santa Paws has the same plot as Russell Madness, and I fucking hate myself for continuing to make this reference. I'm, I'm gonna go with Billy Madness. It's the same thing of like you know, hey, fuck up, learn some responsibility. You you can have the company. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, but but there is 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 heavily like Christmasized. <laughs> like yeah. the the trimmings of Christmas are all there. Oh yeah, it's you can't escape it really. So yeah, so I'm gonna say at the same like at the same time, while it doesn't really do anything with Christmas, when it, when you don't use Christmas, you can't misuse Christmas. So it's still better than fucking Christmas shoes. Yeah, and 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 like Jake's the song that Jake hates could very well be could very well have been any song. It could have been Escape the Pina Colada song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have been Margaritaville. Who who cares? Um, 
Actually, there, there were, I, I do want to point out, like... It would have been funnier <laughs> if it was a more incongruous song. It would have been right. hilarious if it were Margaritaville, like, like, hate... like that they were, like, eating together at Margaritaville. Yeah. They were at the Margaritaville were... in downtown New York, New York City. Like, yes. I, I, like I, sorry for bringing up Scary Movie 3, but I Scary Movie 3 is one of the better movies in terms of being a dumb parody movie, in terms of, like, just having good jokes in it. Yeah. Because there's a lot of flashbacks to one of the M. Night Shyamalan movies where, like, the dude has a dead wife in a car accident. Oh, yeah, Signs. Yeah, anyway, there's flashbacks to parodies of that scene. Whenever there's a flashback, the music you hear, like, indicates that there's, like, a dream scene. It's like, the music is instead La Cucaracha. Holy shit. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It's just, but it's just, it's there. Oh, my God. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. Scary Movie 3 has the greatest joke ever told in any film. And it's the joke where Anthony Anderson's holding a, sh- a shovel yes, and he yes. cocks it like a shotgun and a shell comes out. <laughs> yes, I fucking love that. It's beautiful. And like no one comments on it. It's like the best two seconds of comedy ever, ever made. I fucking love shit like that. Um, so actually, so yeah, one thing I wanted to talk about about the Christmas music and stuff is that... Um, Andy McDowell at the end of the film like goes up on stage and sings Silent Night and I thought it was going to be a scene where Jake has to like leave because oh I can't hear this shit <laughs> but it's just like never commented on but then people I, start dancing to it and I'm like who the fuck dances to Silent Night yeah that seems real weird and but also like I, I think that the the point here is that you know, Silent Night was previously ruined for him because his ex, like, dumped him, but now it is redeemed because he's, like, you know, he's found his new love or whatever. I don't know. I I, I guess that's the point, but I, I don't feel like that would be enough for me. Yeah. Know? Yeah, like, people just get over songs they used to used to associate with certain people. Yeah, that shit just happens. Like, you can just write over the same, like, memory space that trauma was in with other stuff. Exactly. Yeah, people. like it's a fucking computer file. Yeah, that works. Maybe that's people why he's like. Maybe that's why he's so fucking stilted and his like delivery falls flat all the time because oh, he's, he's actually a robot. a robot. That would make that would explain a lot. To be perfectly <laughs> I mean, frank, that, that gives a lot of like fucking depth to, to this movie that it didn't have already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fucking Westworld prequel. Holy shit! Oh man, season two coming up. Could you imagine a version of Westworld where instead of it being a Western, it's just like Hallmark movie world? Oh my god! Where ben, women, where women, just, world. or or men, I, I'm not going to judge, just pay to live in like a fancy idyllic small town where they fall in love with like the the kooky robot that lives that that works in the thrift shop or something. Yeah, I think that this would apply to both because men would pay for it because it would be a bunch of women who are who know their place basically. Like, to, oh. to be fucking honest. So like, let's, let's talk about Westworld now. Hang, okay. hang on, hang on, hang on. Hey, I've got an idea in here. I've got an idea that I need to tease out. Okay. So the so the women are paying in to this, this Hallmark world to, like, fall in love with, like, the robot men who are, like, the perfect gentlemen and whatnot. But yes. the men are paying in to Hallmark world to try and get with these women that are trying to get with the robot men. So, so you're saying constant... who needs robots? So it's a constant game of, like, women and men trying to figure out which ones are robots and which ones are not. <laughs> so you're saying you can just save money by not having robots. He's no, but you, you still have to have the robots because, like, at some point a woman is going to, like... like so look, some of the women are just going to want to fall in love with the robot dudes, and that's fine. But then they, some some of the men are going to want to try and, like, play themselves off as robot people oh, to get with the women. Holy shit. <laughs> I, I am fucking here for this. Like, yes. 
I feel like this is this episode has just been us brainstorming wacky shit to replace the boring shit that we watched. I mean, they're these are my favorite episodes to do. To be honest, I love but, to just fucking spitball some shit. But I, I, but I feel like in this episode in particular, we've just hit gold. Like the fucking elephant version of it, and then and then Hallmark Westworld, like. So this is bas- shit I want to see so bad. Basically, what you're saying is that we need to uh, lock this episode up in the vaults and not actually release it, so nobody steals our ideas. Yeah, TMTM, do not steal. Yep. Exactly. I, I'm gonna write it in in a letter and send it certified mail to myself. But I, I want I do want to talk about Westworld for a minute though. Okay. Because it's something that, that bugs me about Westworld. Jonathan wants to talk about Westworld because I like introduced him to it a couple weeks ago, and he binged oh, the no. entire first season. Yeah, we, we literally watched the entire first season overnight. Yeah, because I, I watched it like right after it came out. I binged it like like a couple weeks after it ended airing, like the first season. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted to refresh on it since season two is coming up, and I wanted to introduce Jonathan to it, and he fucking loved it, which made me really happy. So, so basically, the only reason anyone comes to Westworld, I mean, there are some families who go there for like some like Disney Adventure type shit, you know, right? But for the most part, everyone there is going to going there to fucking murder. Yes. Yeah. And while there are definitely some people that just want to like fucking rape the robots, I guess. Because that's what they said, like, the Dolores robot, her entire thing is to, like, go to the farmhouse and have a tragedy so someone can show up and rape her, pretty much. Pretty much. Yeesh. But it's, like, but still, like, her robot character is still, like, even though she's, like, the virginal farm farm dog or whatever, like, when she fucks uh, William, like, she's still good at sex. Like, they have to program all these, regardless of what this ro- these robots' roles are, they all have to get programmed as good at, as good at fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is, is that just, like... Yeah, it just bugs the, bugs the hell out of me. It's like, because you can break this loop at any point and just fuck any of the robots. And they and they have to at least be, like, fuckable, basically. Yeah. So what you're saying is that in the Westworld universe, the actual, like, billion-dollar corporation is the real doll corporation? But Yeah, pretty much. Holy shit. Because, like, like, yeah, like, you, you are able to fucking murder anything in this park. Like... So any like everything at least has to be like at least pleasurable enough to get your fucking shit off. So, so it's not actually the the Dalos Corporation; it's just the Dolls Corporation. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, that was lame. Hey, I, I laughed at it. <laughs> so, um, I guess a two for Christmasosity is what yeah. we're saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sounds good to me. That's fine. <laughs> Oh, uh, and then I guess if we're done with uh, Westworld chat, never. Yeah, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much just disturbed by the fact that like all the robots in Westworld are programmed to fuck. Like regardless of what else they're doing, they have to have like a fuck subroutine in them. Well, I mean, people are gonna want to fuck. Like when it comes down to it, we're all just fucking like animals that have that shit wired into us. Like I, I remember someone someone was talking about you could basically just have the entire Westworld park be be like the fucking brothel at the beginning and. 90% of the patrons wouldn't know the difference. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, because really, you're you're going to be in there for, what, 20 minutes max anyway. Yeah, exactly. You're going to pay, like, $40,000 just to go in and fuck some robots. Yeah. Mm. But, I, but I want it to smell like a fucking barn is, is, is my <laughs> hand. <laughs> exactly. I want everyone oh. to have all of the fucking diseases. Ugh. Yeah, I I really want a robot to give me the clap. That's what I'm paying my money for. <laughs> exactly. Yeesh. So, 
Uh, the y-axis, where we talk about how good the film is. This is not great. This movie's a fucking stinker. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I don't know. I didn't actually really hate the movie. It was just kind of dumb. and Yeah, like I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't tell if it was bad because they were incompetent or it was bad because they were like, no, it has to be bad. We're making a Hallmark movie. Those things are bad. Right. Yeah. How... I feel... I feel like so, it's competent in the sense that, like, they know how a movie is supposed to be put together, but not necessarily how to make it good. Yeah. yeah. And, like, how fucking stupid it was and, like, borderline offensive in some places made me mad. I, yeah. I don't know if that yeah. translates to, like, bad, but it fucking, like, angered me. Mad because <laughs> bad? Question mark? Yes. Yes, mad because bad. Mad because bad. Period. Uh, you know what? How about, how about this? Let's just not award it points. But also, but just deduct one point for being kind of, uh, I guess, mis- a little bit slightly misogynistic. Just a tiny bit. Just like a drop. Yeah. But but for that one drop, we we have to give it a score of negative one. Yeah. I could I could go with that. Yeah. So a, a two negative one, uh, Booker, put that on the charts. Uh, Christmas inheritance earns a two negative one from us at Christmas creeps. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Booker, put it on the chart. Brad, make me a dog balloon. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think that's going to have to do it for us tonight here, because we have rambled on for way too long talking about this movie. Yeah. So if you want to hit us up on Twitter, we're at, at Christmas Creeps on Twitter. Let us know what you think of the episode or have recommendations to give us. Go for it. We're up for anything as long as we can find it on the internet. Yep. Um, get us at Facebook.com slash Christmas Creeps. You can't miss us. Like us and favorite and share and subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. Uh, email us, xmascreeps at gmail.com. Go to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to it and leave us a star rating and a review and all that fun stuff. That lets people know that people actually listen to the show and that we're worth listening to. Uh, if you think we're worth listening to. Um, and I guess finally, um, you know, I should have said this at the top of the show, but I, it just now occurred to me. Uh, we are officially in um, barbecue season. Easter is behind us, so the candy the candy half of the year is over. Yes, grill season, oh. grill time. Fuck so yeah! Happy this... happy grill season, everybody. I, I I prefer grill season to the candy season. You know what? It's starting to get warm out, and uh, barbecues and cookouts and all that fun stuff is ahead. So yeah, get that get your grill on, everybody. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas.